welcome to Nelda Live. Join your host, Nelda Sue Yor, as she talks to the artists, dreamers, storytellers, and pioneers to learn about their inspiration and the tools and techniques they use to make a difference. You too might be inspired, because as Nelda likes to say, sometimes all it takes is a spark. Here's Nelda. Hey, you all. My name's Jacob, but down here in the South, they call me the Carpetbagger. I am a genuine Yankee moron, but when I moved here to the South in 2000, I fell in love with this wondrous, magical land. And I've, ever since that point, I have been traveling the back roads and the cities nonstop, documenting the amazing things here in the South. The oddities, the abandoned places, the roadside attractions, the strange museums, and all sorts of random nonsense. Welcome to Nelda Live. Jacob, it is a pleasure to have you. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. I must tell you that you describe yourself as a Yankee moron who made his way to yeah. the South. <laughs> I love that. And darling, we are glad to have you here. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> so in describing you, I would say that you are a walking, sometimes driving, curator. Uh, and I thought about, you know, that you are really kind of a, a steward. You, you document all things that are roadside attractions that people have kind of abandoned. And so I just love that about you. What in the world attracted you to start doing that? Um, I'm not sure. I, uh, I moved down. I, I grew up uh, in, the, in the north, in, in northern Indiana and Wisconsin. Um, about 2000, I moved down to the south, uh, just kind of on a whim. And I, you know, I was really enchanted with kind of the, the culture down here. It, you know, stood out as, as something, something special, a lot of just unique bits of culture. Um, and I just kind of became obsessed with, you know, seeking it out, documenting it. And from there, it kind of grew into, um, to expand it out of the South and, and kind of across the whole country. You know, it's really interesting because you have a huge following. You clearly, people are very interested in and what you're doing, where you're going, what you're seeing. So, I mean, you explore all over, you're right. So what, what do you think they get out of it? Um, I don't know. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people, I think, um, do see, like the roadside attractions and things like that. Um, I, I think there's a lot of nostalgia with that connected to a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people do see it as something that's, that's fading. So I think, um, you know, when you find little bits of, you know, little pieces of, of kind of a, a time gone past, I think people appreciate that. I think it's true. I th it's really fascinating for me. I love watching you. I turned my husband onto it. And so last night he was watching you like taste burgers and do all these different things. He was having so much fun uh, watching you. So he's, I think he's become a fan. Um, but before you started doing all this, you had a day job. So, but, but you would leave your family from what I understand, right? And go on the road and film things. So how did all of that come about and how did it become your full-time job? Um, well, I had, I worked in uh, child protective services of, of all things. Um, and I worked, um, I worked uh, on, on, on call position where I responded to emergencies dealing with child abuse and child neglect. Um, so I had kind of a, a unique schedule where I would work seven days straight, seven days off. So I kind of you took advantage of that. I used the seven days that I had off where I would just get in the car and drive 
to wherever and just film as much as I could and then, you know, be back to start work again seven days later. And that's a very stressful job, by the way, a calling. And I thank you for doing that <laughs> uh, really and truly because it that is. So so how did that part of it play in for you just as a stress relief, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, I'm very proud of the work I did with Child Protective Services. I worked there for 10 years. But um, yeah, it is something that is very taxing on you personally, something that is you know, something that doesn't necessarily bring a lot of smiles. So, um, you know, it, it was something something I could do that, you know, there's a lot more happiness, a lot more smiles around uh, going and, and visiting, you know, roadside attractions, amusement parks, haunted houses, that sort of thing. So, you know, let me be, let me be, you know, tap into more of my, you know, childhood and things like that. And, and, and it brought me to a happier place than my, my day job did. Yes, I can imagine. And so eventually uh, you left the day job. Yeah, I was actually, <laughs> it's actually kind of pushed out a little bit. Um, they, uh, for whatever reason, my work did not uh, want me to have, uh, did not like that I had this second life on online. Unfortunately, um, it's kind of a, a, a strange reality of being any sort of uh, public figure, no matter how small, is that you do get some negativity. And, um, you know, my, my channel is nothing controversial, there's nothing political. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, there's some people don't like it. And uh, I got was getting harassed at work. Um, and I was basically given the ultimatum to choose between um, my YouTube channel or my job. And I pretty much uh, I didn't, you know, I pretty much knew I couldn't all the work I put in my YouTube channel. I just couldn't, I couldn't see myself getting rid of it. So um, I left my job and kind of took a leap of faith from there. You know, clearly, your followers are very glad that you didn't uh, abandon it. So that is so wonderful um, because it has grown exponentially. It's crazy and so neat to see. And I think maybe it's because, um, I think it's because we need things that are peaceful and calming and, you know, no commercials, nothing bombarding you. It's all this just sort of the, is, is that what you hear from your followers? Um, yeah, I hear different things. I mean, some people, uh, yeah, so different people say different things. <laughs> I mean, some people say they just like my voice. I don't, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of what I do is very, you know, admittedly is very simple. I just, um, I, I show things. I give, you know, my, my commentary. I talk about what I'm seeing. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe some people find that uh, meditative in a way. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. You talked about something uh, in in your some of your where you kind of go back to your intros of your you know retelling the new audience why you do what you do. Um, you talked about at first not being comfortable on video. Um, I can relate to that, you know, because uh, as a plus size girl, it's kind of uh, interesting to get used to um, to see myself in video, but it doesn't bother me anymore. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that was actually um, one, one thing that uh, kind of, when I was thinking about starting video, one thing that kind of held me back was um, I didn't see myself as necessarily, uh, you know, that kind of presentable. Um, and, and, you know, now I kind of take pride in it in almost a way. I mean, you look through YouTube, there's, there's a lot of very young, very attractive <laughs> people. And, you know, I'm, I am, uh, I'm almost 40 years old. I'm, I'm overweight. I have weird looking teeth. I'm losing my hair. Um, and somehow, for some reason, people still watch me. So I, I consider it a mark of pride at this point. You know, it is true. 
sometimes I just think I'm, I'm Nelda and this is the way I come. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and, you know, some of the scars and bumps and everything are what, what give me sometimes sort of the, the wisdom factor, right. In the way, you know, Absolutely. or just the, the person who has lived a little bit of life. Right. So yeah. anyway, I totally, totally agree. But there were some people who kind of harassed you too from the video world, I guess the YouTube world. Uh, did you have some attacks? Yeah. <laughs> what did you have to overcome? <laughs> YouTube, I mean, um, YouTube can be very, I mean, YouTube can be, it can be a cruel world as far as the comment section go. I mean, right off the bat, you know, putting out videos, I'm putting out videos, you know, getting, you know, getting a couple hundred views maybe, you know, and then, and people are, you know, jumping on me, telling me how, you know, how ugly I am, how, they're telling me, I'm, who's this creepy guy? You know, it's, and it, I, like I said, now I, I've, I've kind of felt like the channel has, has shown. Yeah, you know, I have the built-in confidence now because I've been able to make it my full-time job. I've been able to make it work. But you know, when you're getting started, it's incredibly discouraging. You know, to have to put yourself out there and have people uh, people tear you apart. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I have a, a daughter who's always practicing her YouTube show. I mean, she doesn't have one, but she's always practicing one. Yeah. And I'm always thinking that too. It's like, man, you really, you know, do you put yourself out there or not? Right. It's, it's a, it's a doggy dog world. It is hard. You know, um, you do have yeah. the critics. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes, you know, I almost had to, you know, kick back a little bit. Like people, you know, people, people would criticize me for my weight, for what I eat. So I would film myself, you know, shoving a giant burger in my face or, you know, extreme close-ups of me eating food is, is my little, you know, <laughs> nod to them. <laughs> that's good. That's good. A little passive-aggressive, but that's good. <laughs> it works, right? <laughs> yeah. But you took the leap, and that's what's so cool. Did, how long, I mean, I'm assuming that your YouTube channel supports you at this point in time. It does. Uh, yeah. So how long does it, I mean, we don't have to do a specific, but how long does that take? I mean, what does that take? I mean... Oh, technically, uh, let me see. I, mean, I think my YouTube channel technically started in 2013. Um, at this point, I've been doing it full time about two and a half years. Um, so yeah, it took it took a long time. I mean, it's it's a lot of times people, you know, they're starting YouTube channels. They they contact me. They're frustrated. Um, they're saying, you know, I, I, how do you get views? And I'm like, you know, I'm saying at the point I was at, and I tell people like at the point you're at, you're actually further along than I was. At that point, it takes a tremendous amount of patience, and I takes year, I guess, years of doing it for free. <laughs> I mean, so it has. I mean, it has to be something you love, otherwise, you're not gonna be able to weather the storm to get to that point. And then there's no guarantees. There's no, you know. But you know, you, there's a lot of factors. You stuck with it, and mm -hmm. and you must have gotten some incredible feedback to know that you were on the right path. I mean, how or did you just know that innately? I mean, well, you know. I, you know, to be completely honest, and I never, I never intend, I let alone a full time job. I never even intended this as a way to make money. I, I did it because I loved it. I, I loved creating. You know, I loved having an outlet, and it kind of grew into, uh, into, into what it was. And yeah, it is. You know, when you start seeing people pick up, um, you know, the first time someone noticed me in public was was just mind blowing. I mean, that was, you know, so things like that, very, very encouraging. That, that's really neat. So you received a lot of audience support. Uh, did they know, did they, your, your, did you tell your audience when you left your job? Yeah, I did a, that said the very same day I came home uh, from work and still in my social work clothes 
and I did I did a video um, just kind of explaining it, and I you know I told I told people that you know there there wasn't a certainty here, but I was going to try because I talked with I talked with my wife. Um, you know, we were both nervous because I was at that point I was not making enough to you know to justify doing it full time. Um, but you know, we we figured if I you know, we did kind of set a time limit three months that we were gonna 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 try to just dive in head first and um there was an amazing outpouring it really um that point it really was a turning point in in the amount of support that i got uh from my viewers that is so great well let's talk about your videos because i know uh, those who don't know you really need to know what it is that you do you you kind of you show us what we drive past isn't that true you kind of slow us down a little bit so tell me about that um the way that you came about curating that idea and and what it's what it's come to and, and where it started. Yeah, it's funny you said people the things that people drive past. I've had people you know, people comment on my videos saying, "I live ten miles from this place and I've never I never stopped and went inside." But wow. uh, yeah, kind of what I look for is like um, you know the old school roadside attractions are one of the biggest things for me. Um, you know, these are things that that you know kind of dotted the, the American roadside on the old highways. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, people would go on a road trip um, and, you know, these would just be little diversions, little, little things that draw, kind of draw you in, um, focus on that. You know, I love museums. I even, you know, you're, 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 I even love a good natural history museum, a good traditional museum. Of course, amusement parks, um, you know, like the old school amusement parks. There's a lot of, a lot more amusement parks in this country than, than people realize. You know, there's, there's amusement parks that are hundred years old. Um, you know, that are still operating small little amusement parks. I, you know, really love that. And then uh, during the Halloween season, I do a lot of uh, haunted haunted attractions, uh, theme parks. You know, haunted houses. Some you know, all all different levels, backyard haunted houses, and uh, up to the major uh, theme park haunted houses. That is so neat. You know, you said that, and I realized I had gone to an antique store in Seguin, Texas, and saw a saw a a, a theme park a, a park there you know that I was like how how did there get to be there's rides here and it's like in this little yeah. square in the <laughs> middle of the town I was like where in the world did that come from and why is it still open and does it operate and you know that's fascinating so those are the kind of things that you find Seguin Texas is the home of the world's largest pecan really <laughs> well we should drive up the road and see that <laughs> That is so great. I did not know that. And so, okay, so the other thing that I noticed is that, you know, we were we were having so much fun. We, we kind of just, look, when you start watching your videos, you're just kind of locked in. It's really interesting. It's, 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 uh, it's, like I said, it's cathartic in so many ways. And so you, um, you, but you tell stories too. So tell me about, I mean, because I consider you a very good storyteller. So how does, how does Thank that you. play into it? I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of like folklore and, um, just interesting stories. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I definitely, I would lean toward, I definitely lean more towards calling myself a storyteller rather than a historian. So it's just, it's really interesting to get, um, you know, local legends, just strange stories. I mean, just it's sometimes it's really off the wall. I'm right. I don't know if it's a reason I'm just thinking that, um, in, uh, in Mississippi, there's a museum that allegedly, and this is allegedly because it seems highly unlikely. There's a they have a bullet that they claim um, impregnated a woman during the Civil War. That it went through a soldier, 
carried genetic material into a woman and impregnated her, and then they have this bullet on display. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. I mean, you know, you you, you could you could debate whether or not that's that really happened, but it's 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 fascinating that the story exists in the in the consciousness of the people. Man, I'm going to remember that one. That's that's a good one for someone <laughs> to tell their mom, isn't it? <laughs> So you do tell the stories. Now, the other day I was with you in an abandoned house. So that fascinated me. Yeah, I did. I, I, I've not done as many as recently, but I used to do um, a lot more abandoned stuff. Uh, I would Sometimes I would just drive the back roads. You'd see a house that was just obviously no one had been to in, in decades. And you know, you, you, sometimes it's fascinating. So I've been in houses where um, it looks like the people just vanished. There's everything just left behind uh, in houses where there's like empty cars rotting in the garage, you know, just, and you wonder what happened, what happened to these people? Yeah, it is fascinating. Cause I saw that. I mean, I, I used to do that when I was in college, I would grab people and go, come on. And I was out in like Nacogdoches, Texas. So it, you know, there was just, and I would say, Hey, I saw this house on this country road and no one's ever been there. And, and we would just go exploring it. My terrified my friends. I had a great time. Mm. <laughs> But they did. They did not like uh, uh, Nelda's adventures. So <laughs> I thought it was fun. But uh, so in this, you know, you're really telling America's myths and stories as you go along, and why people have started these little businesses and things. And what's that been like? What's what's that like for you? Um, it's it's been really amazing. Um, just you know, yeah, being able to talk to people. I've met tons of you know fascinating people uh, along along the way. Um, you know, made some good, good, good friendships with some very interesting people. Um, really been, just really been, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it ended tomorrow, it would all, it would all be worth it. Are there any stories that stand out to you? I think one thing, one, you know, one thing that draws me in a lot is, um, like cryptids or, or local, you know, local monsters. Um, you know, you talk to, talk to local people about, you know, you know, the monsters they've seen or, or these sightings. Um, like in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, they have a, a yearly Mothman festival um, about this this moth creature that was sighted. Um, so far, the town has embraced this monster so much, they actually erected a statue of the Mothman um, on Main Street in the town. So <laughs> you really see how these how these legends, uh, you know, take grip of people and take grip of these these communities and how much they mean. And so it's we've lost it in our culture. How, how do we, I mean, I guess those who've come from small towns and those kind of things might still hold some of those things, but what do you think the appeal is uh, to people who maybe who haven't experienced it? Do you think your audience is, I guess, do you think there are people who've experienced that or people who want to experience that and need that culture you bring to them? Um, you know, I do think, I mean, I think, that, you know, there, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, that, that, I don't know. Don't I mean? A lot of people are fascinated with you know going into these small towns and seeing these things. Um, I think a lot of people you know maybe don't necessarily want to do it themselves. Don't want to um, maybe don't feel comfortable doing it for whatever reason. But um, I think it's a way to yeah maybe my videos are a way to you know be a be a fly on the wall and see these things that they would never in a million years uh, drive out to see themselves. It is true that I don't know that people would anymore. Um, it seems to me like we're too much of a screen culture, you know, in some ways. Definitely. I think, yeah, it's hard to, um, you know, these, a lot of these uh, roadside attractions would have, you know, would have something, you know, that, that you wouldn't be able to see. Like, 
uh, a lot of a lot of like these roadside tracks will have like little like a, some sort of little oddity like a a Fiji mermaid or something like that. Um, and then, you know, this is something that uh, once upon a time you stop and you see this thing and it's the only time in your life that you're going to see this, you know, now, I mean, you can pull, pull things up on your phone, you can research things, but, and to me, it's, I don't know, to me personally, there's something different, always something different about seeing something in person, just to stand there and, and, and look at something with my own two eyes rather than look at a picture of it or video of it on the internet. Yeah. What in that is was special about the South then? Why the South? The South is um I don't wanna I don't wanna knock on where, where I've come from, but um I mean Indiana I don't like I don't like to bat off Indiana, but it's it, it there there was a certain plainness to it. Um the South, I mean, it has so much character, so I mean you know, so many, you know, local characters, you know, local figures, folk legends, um, things like that. And then there's a lot of, you know, like roadside attractions. I think there's a lot of, you know, can-do spirit where someone has an idea and, and, and makes it into a reality. Someone decides that they want to, um, you know, turn their yard into, you know, a junkyard environment, you know. see a lot more of that down here in the South. Yes, you do. And, and it is true, They're, they are characters. I wonder if it has something to do with just the different people who settled in different parts of the United States. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I do know that um, it seems like in Texas, there are tons of characters here. <laughs> it's just really, and I was born in New Orleans and then transplanted to Texas when I was in second grade. So. Texas and New Orleans are both a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness, all my Cajun cousins just keep me rolling. I love I love to talk to them and see what they're up to. Have you seen any difference in your audiences since COVID? I'm just kind of curious about that. Uh, uh, not too much. I think, I think some people have been going back and watching some of the older videos. I've, I've noticed a lot more traffic. So I think, I think there may be more people binging my videos and then going <laughs> back. YouTube, kind of the way it's set up, it, it's always promoting the newest thing. Um, so... A lot of times I feel like my old videos are gathering dust. No one's watching them. So it's always encouraging when you see a little bit of activity on those, those classic videos. That's great. I think it's really neat to have a new audience too. I'm sure it's brought you some new people just, you know, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and why the carpet bagger? Have we talked about that yet? Uh, no. Uh, well, the carpet bagger, the, the, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a civil war term um, that was, that was, I meant, as derogative towards the Yankees that came down to the South after the civil war to kind of take advantage of the situation. I had someone um, call, you know, uh, call me a carpet bagger as, 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 as a real insult. So I thought that was funny. So I just kind of embraced it and took that on, uh, you know, when I was trying to come up with a name. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's the perfect name. So yeah. your people and your followers, your regular follows, uh, they support you. You have, you have postcards, right? So let's talk about yeah, your postcards. I, uh, I use a service called called Patreon, and and that's uh, that, that's a major tool that allowed me to do this full time. It's where um where people you know pay a, pay a monthly uh, donation, and in return, um, I, I send out postcards um, every month, and and then, and that's been very successful, and people seem to really enjoy uh, getting that. I guess it's just and postcards themselves. I get you know I, I mentioned earlier like. Um, you know, seeing something for yourself. I think it's, I think it's nice. I think people miss getting things in the mail. I think it's different 
getting a physical piece of mail is, is something that people miss and something that people enjoy that, you know, it, it's different than getting an email or, or something like that. So it kind of slows everything down again, right? It's just yeah. sort of that attachment to that. So I see you, Jacob, and it's like you had a calling and you leapt out and you took it and you're following your bliss. So what do you have to say about that to this audience who's listening? Um, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. Um, and it's, um, you know, I stuck with this because it was, it was something that, that I was passionate about, something I loved doing. Um, really, like I said before, the, the idea of this becoming a career, let alone even a job was never even, uh, part of the goal to begin with. Um, so to have, you know, to have what I love and what I did in my spare time become my full-time job, I I, mean, I, feel, I feel eternally grateful for that. That is so, that's so neat. You know, it, it really is different. Um, so do you think it's because of your talent or do you think it's really luck? I have no idea. I have no earthly idea. Um, I see people that I personally feel are more talented than me um, not be able to, not be able to get the sort of views that I get, not be able to, to, to build the way it is. So I, I don't know what the formula is. I don't know um, what it is about me that, that, that people enjoy. Um, I mean, I certainly, there's a huge piece of, a piece of luck that, that allowed me to do it. Um, I don't know. I think if, if I had to guess, I'd say, I think people can maybe tell that I'm, I'm genuinely passionate about it. I think they can tell that I genuinely love the things that I'm doing. Um, and it's, it's not a put on, it's not an act. So maybe before COVID, maybe, I don't know during this time what you're doing, but what what's one of your favorite visits? Oh, what's one of my favorite things to visit? Um, one thing that I've always one place that's always been uh, just a very special place to me, and I think is I think it is top of the line is a place called House on the Rock in uh, in Wisconsin. It is um, it's almost actually hard to explain, but um, it is like what they call like it's, they call it a collection of collections. So um, this is massive this massive complex. They have they have the world's largest carousel. Um, it's just it, you walk into there, you walk into one room. There's there's this giant whale in the middle of the room that's bigger than any whale that's ever actually lived. Big fiberglass whale fighting with an octopus. Just every room is different. They have a they have a full orchestra of of animatronic mannequins that play instruments. Just like one, just like a place where just you don't know what you're going to see in the next room. In Wisconsin. <laughs> How's that called? House House on the Rock. Yeah, yeah Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> that is some, great. Some states, um, like some states, you you wouldn't necessarily like like think of as like a tourist state. I don't think a lot of people would view Wisconsin as a tourist state. But you know, once you start digging in and and looking at what there are in places, you, you you're surprised. Uh, people people criticize me for years for not going to Ohio, and I myself was like, well, "What's in Ohio?" And I found out there's a lot in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like find the most bored place and see what people have built. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is it. You know, some cases, you know, maybe maybe boredom is, is a good motivator to, to where people start creating interesting things. I know that's what moms always say to their kids, right? I say to mine, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're bored. Go do something with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to entertain you. <laughs> so what what's next? What are your I mean, how do you make your plans? What are your plans? What's next? 
Well, what's next? That's that's a big what if with that with COVID <laughs> in place. Um, normally, you know, what I would do is um, I kind of keep a track of things that I want to see, things that maybe I want to revisit. And I try to kind of form a road trip from there, um, you know, between a week and, and two weeks um, where I can just hit as many things as possible. Um, with COVID, I'm just kind of monitoring what's the progress of, of how fast stuff is opening up. And I think the next road trip is just kind of going to form itself. Um, just kind of whatever opens up as a path of, of stuff that's actually open in the country, I'll, I'll end up taking. Well, you'll have to come see us in Texas again. I, I heard you were at my snake farm up here in New Braunfels. Oh, yeah, yeah, New Braunfels <laughs> snake farm. Is there, uh, are there a lot of snake farms in this world? Um, I don't know. I don't think that's, I think that's the only place that, that I think actually labels itself as a snake farm. I mean, I've, I bet there's a lot of, you know, those, uh, roadside zoos. There's a lot of those I've, you know, made famous recently by the, uh, the, the Tiger King phenomenon on Netflix. You know, there's, uh-huh. there's, I've been to a lot, I've not been to the, that one, but there's, uh, a lot of zoos like that across the country that I've, that I've witnessed. Isn't that wild? <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you being here. I can't wait to see where you go it. next and what you're doing. I'll love to follow you. It's kind of fun. We just, uh, uh, my husband and I just sit there late at night and watch you. So it's great. <laughs> so much. So uh, guys, don't miss out on our future guests. We have a lot of different uh, interesting and amazing people lined up. Uh, be sure you click and subscribe and turn on your notifications. We kind of have to say that, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with? Because I'd like for them to know about your postcards and all your Patreon program and all that kind of thing. Um, really, you know, the, I tell people I appreciate all the support. I appreciate, um, you know, all the different ways people help me. But as I tell people, just the, the best thing you can do is just watch. Um, you know, it's uh, the carpet bagger on YouTube. Um, you know, appreciate as many eyeballs as I can get on that. I, I greatly appreciate. Okay, guys, go to the carpet bagger on YouTube. We sure will. All right. Thank you so much, Jacob. You have a great day. Thank you.